You're now listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. A Place of Refuge vision is to cause people to be productive in every aspect of life according to God's Word. For more information, please stop by our website at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Now, here's today's message already in progress. Contextually, or according to Luke 10 and 1, Jesus appointed 70 more disciples. He had already appointed 12. And at this particular time, he appointed 70 more. There were more than 70 people that had become a part of his ministry at the time. There were more than 70 that had started acknowledging him as their Lord. 70 70 that he appointed are specific ones that he chose, number one, because he felt they were ready to fulfill a particular assignment. Even though he may have he may have had 300 at the time, Jesus discerned that only 70 were ready to fulfill the, the particular assignment that he needed. To be done. And see this this is important. Because. When it comes to. Serving God. We need. People that are willing to get. Ready. To do what is essential. And. Significant. If. Things are going to go. According to plan. You you know often. People are put in positions. Before they should be. Yeah. And often folks who. Are ready. To. Fulfill an assignment. Once they get involved in the assignment. They start getting slack as if they never should have been chosen for the assignment in the beginning. There, there are people that I know God told me to assign to do certain things. But as, as time goes on, I'd be like, Lord, I know you told me to assign him to do this, but he's just getting so lazy. He have come. He have do. And that's one thing. That serious disciples will not do. Serious disciples, if they have been appointed to do a particular thing, 
they are going to do it the way it needs to be done. That's the reason Jesus in John 8, 31 and 32, he made a distinction between a person just being a disciple and a disciple indeed. When you are a disciple indeed, you take ministry seriously. Yeah. And, and I think we need to learn from this because when the Lord appoints you to do something, it, it says that he has selected you because he sees something in you that could be a benefit to the ministry. But when, but when he designates a position in ministry for you, you should take it seriously, not just when you receive the appointment, but throughout your assignment here on earth. Amen? Amen. And so he, he appointed 70 and he sent them out two by two. Sent them out two by two. And, and we know when it comes to two, two in one sense from a biblical standpoint is the number of agreement. Uh, Jesus himself said, if two of you will agree as touching anything that you ask, it's going to be done. And, of course, they understood he meant that they will be asking according to the written and revealed word of God. And that's the reason it's important for folks that are appointed that go out two by two uh, to be in agreement. You know, we don't, we, don't need, we don't need folks that are in the same ministry fussing all the time. Complaining all the time. No, we need you to be in agreement. We don't want you to make it your business to debate with so-and-so. You got a problem, just get the problem solved and go on and do God's business. He sent them out two by two. He, he wanted these that he had appointed to be in, in agreement. Because when you're doing ministry, there ain't no time for no foolishness. You don't need to be messy doing no ministry. And, and, often, and often the worst ones that are messy in ministry are old folk. Or mature Christians. You'd be like, well, is, you mean such and such here, but such and such ain't here? Lord, he should be the example. He's been at church longer than anybody, and he ain't him with them young folk out there? Oh, Lord. And that's sad. I know y'all don't like that, but I, I, I have to work the text according to how God gives it to me. Yeah, yeah, I'll do. Some of y'all like it, though, because it's happened, right? But see, the number of two is also the number of testimony, a witness. And according to Revelations, I think it's 12 and 11. When you have a testimony, that gives you strength to overcome obstacles. <laughs> And that's what Revelation reveals, that they, they overcame uh, in part because of their testimony. And how many of you, you've ever uh, just been strengthened by 
your testimony. You're going through hardship, but then you get to looking back on how God blessed you when you went through the same thing. And you, you, get, to, you get to preaching to yourself saying, well, if he did it then, he's going to do it now because he changes not. And so by your own testimony, you start to get happy. Then you start dancing in the kitchen. Woo! By your own testimony. He sent them out two by two. And so they went out. And and the blessed thing is based upon uh, Luke 10 and 17, they stayed on agreement. Because notice what happens. After he sent them out two by two, let me read this again. Verse 17 of Luke 10. The 17 return with joy. They came back happy and pleased. They came back with testimonies. No way this would have happened if they were not on a card. See, that's the reason you, you, you have to learn from the text. If you're in ministry, that if you... Stay in agreement that you'll come back with a powerful testimony and you'll come back happy or with joy. But if you're out there fussing, you come back, hey, how how it go? We, we couldn't get nothing done. Why? She talking about we need to go over on South Street. I told her that the best place to go is Willie North Drive, so we, we just ain't. So y'all got in a fuss about a street. Oh, oh, God. A street. It isn't amazing what saints get mad at each other about. Stuff, stuff be about. Yay big. I know you can't see, see, see it. That's what I'm trying to tell you. We get mad about stuff that don't make no sense. We get mad about stuff that we can really clear up in less than two minutes. Some stuff you get mad at your brothers and sisters about, you, you can clear it up in two minutes. Hey, look, uh, I know you heard such and such. Look, the reason it was such and such be because of this. I just want you to know, well, I said something because I shouldn't have said what I said because of just hearing something, so I'm sorry too. But we straight? Yeah, we straight. Okay. That's it. But if you don't do that, you can hinder your own blessing. Walk and work in the text. Go ahead and work the text, Walk. They return with joy. And so you got to understand, joy is important in, in the life of a child of God. Because, see, if you can stay happy, you're going to stay strong. Matter of fact, you're going to have divine strength. Nehemiah 8 and 10, the joy of the Lord is our strength. They were doing God's will. And they came back with some joy. So they weren't just happy, they had some strength. Strength. 
But notice the implication also is that victory occurred. They were successful. So that, that means that they, they were not doing things in and of themselves. They were operating according to faith. Why is that? First John 5 and 4. The victory that overcomes the world is even our faith. No way they would have been successful at doing ministry if they would not have been operating in faith. And we know when it comes to faith, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. They were doing ministry according to what they had been taught. According to the word. And it caused them to be successful. You know, so, sometimes you have to ask, well, well is, if so-and-so got my spirit, why in the world is she acting like that? If brothers know that Jesus likes things done decently and in order, why he messy? And we're having all this technical difficulty with stuff. We're having all this confusion with stuff. But we got all this stuff right here out of place. See, if it's going to be victorious, if you're going to return and let the Lord know you had success, you got to operate in faith. You got to operate based upon how you've been taught. Amen? And that starts with the preacher. Because the preacher done been told in 1 Corinthians 11 and 1 that, look, you got to be the first one going to step up and follow Jesus. And you follow Jesus, then everybody else going to follow Jesus. But it got to start with you preaching. Everything the preacher preach, the preacher got to be the first one to do it. I need to walk right. Amen? But they return with joy. And, and so because they, they had overcome, because they had received the victory, they had a testimony. Woo, and they wanted Jesus to hear that testimony. I only want to deal with just a little of that testimony that, that they had. He said, Lord, even the demons are subject to us. They're subject to us, Lord. Lord, we, we, out, there, we out there casting out demons. Demons are obeying us. Now, now remember, the us are the ones that Jesus appointed, 
Now, if he would have just let everybody that was with him go, it wouldn't happen. See, demons are only subject, according to the text, to those who have been appointed or given authority by the Lord. You, you can't just think you can cast out a demon. Not if you ain't been given the authority, you can't. That demon will turn you every which way but loose. You have to be careful. How many understand But this is important. The demons needed to be cast out because when it comes to a demon, a demon, no doubt, uh, works for the devil or Satan. A demon is an evil spirit. An evil spirit. Demon comes to upset us. Cause pain, discomfort, and such. That's the job of a demon. That's what a demon does. De- demons like to gang up on folk. There was a man in, in scripture that demons just gained up on the man. Gained up on him to the point where he didn't even want to stay at his house. He wanted to stay in the graveyard. And these demons had him to the point where when, when he was in the graveyard, he, he was out there cutting himself and doing all kind of crazy stuff. This is important. The root meaning of demon is guiding spirit. Root meaning of demon is If, if a demon is an evil spirit, a demon is going to try to guide you into doing that which is evil. Or breaking it down, a demon is going to try to direct you to do what is in contrast to the will of God. What is in contrast to what is being taught, preached. Right? That's what a demon going to try to do. A, a, a demon going to try to give you information that is in contrast to God's will. A demon is going to try to make you think, talk, and do wrong. You know it ain't the Holy Spirit that, that's causing you to be mad at your brother or sister. Causing you not to speak to, to somebody that God himself told you to love. And you be, get, get this, Jesus said, by this shall all men know that you are my disciples. How? Because you're going to have love one toward the other. 
And, and so anytime you ain't loving on your sister the way God told you to love on her, or loving on your brother the way God told you to love on your brother, it's a demon there. Are you in the flesh? Am I right? A demon is a guiding spirit. Demon will try to influence you to say something you ain't got no business to say. To think something you ain't got no business to think. And I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna tell you uh, the same way I told you about, or the same thing I told you about the devil. Demons are intelligent. They know how to play you. Yes, they do. They know how to play you. And some of us should have shouted amen because demons have played us time and time again. Demon don't care about your title. Well, you know, that's elder so-and-so, demon such and such. I don't care that's elder so-and-so. I'm going to get elder to lie. I'm going to get elder to cheat. Because that's what I do. Demons are guiding spirit. You know the word will step on your toes. But when you get mad and say you can't stand the pastor, you don't let a demon start influencing you. You don't need to let Pastor Walker be the cause of you not going to heaven. But a demon would try to influence you to hate your own pastor. But he said, even these demons are subject to us. Instead of them guiding us, we are guiding them. We tell them to come out of folk and they have to come out. But, but, but we have to do it with your name. Because they are only subject to us through your name. And see, that's the reason the most hated name it is, is Jesus. You have to understand that. Jesus is a hated name. And and the name just simply means Savior. It just depicts or reveals what God sent the Christ to do. That's all. I'm going to send you so the world can be delivered. I'm going to send you so a boy named Walker can loose that coke and those other habits and preach the gospel for me. And, and, so, and so the name that saves a Jesus is the name that demons recognize. 
Even, even James talked about how e even, even demons believe and tremble. They tremble because of the name of Jesus. But even as Christians, we don't really recognize uh, the authority that the name of Jesus carries. And, but see, they recognize it when they went out that, look, that this name, your name, Lord. <laughs> Whew. And, and you know you're going to have some folk that, that's going to try to do it without the name of Jesus. It ain't going to work. It ain't going to work. Yeah. Because there, there's only one name that has been given. Whereby man can be saved. And that name is Jesus. But I want to take a, a look at uh, some passages in reference to the name Jesus. Because we need to recognize the power of it. Amen? And, and why that name is so awesome. Mark 9 is where we're going to start. Even the demons are subject to us. Because of your name, Lord. And them demons still subject when you put the name of Jesus on. That's, that's, that's the reason the devil had to make it his business to get the name of Jesus out of schools. See, folks be talking, well, you know, they can still pray in school. Yeah, but it used to be a time where teachers would lead the whole class in prayer and in the prayer. In the name of Jesus. Man, when, when, when I was in uh, the first grade, Miss Sanders, this, this was at Westside Elementary. They, they, that school had been long gone. Miss Sanders said, look, grab hands. We finna go before the throne of God. And we said, now, we first graders. But I remember this. I remember that she, she had us grabbing hands and that woman went to pray. And when she got through with that prayer, in the name of Jesus. And boy, she would just put her hands. I didn't understand it back then. And, uh, and then throughout school, you know, un until the devil used somebody to take it out. You had, you had teachers that were praying folk. Yeah, you had some educators that knew how to take the children to the throne of God. And, and, when, and when you got to go through something, one thing they would, they would tell you is you need to pray. And as long as, as long as I can remember, especially the first, second, and third grade, every teacher I had had a Bible on the desk. Had two things on that desk, a Bible on one side and a paddle on the other side. And would use the Bible and the path. They believe if you spatter out, you'll spoil the child. And they would go to work on you. And Lord know they went to work on Walker. Seemed like every week I, I was bending over the chair. And, and then they were called to the house and say, look, this boy at it again. 
But we are going to look at some passages in reference to the name of Jesus that we, we need to understand how come it's important for us to pray in the name of Jesus and to recognize there is authority, a power, divine power in the name of Jesus. Mark uh, 9, we'll start at verse 38. Now John answered him saying, Teacher, he's talking to Jesus. We saw someone who does not follow us casting out demons in your name. And we forbade him because he does not follow us. Or basically he was not part of their group. But he was following Jesus just indirectly. All right, so, so notice this. But Jesus said, do not forbid him for no one who works. Help me. In what? Can soon afterwards speak what? In other words, that person ain't no demon. But notice what the name of Jesus can cause to work. A miracle. Y'all missed it. Look at the text. Look at it one more time. It says, do not forbid him from no one who works a help me. In what? The name of Jesus causes miracles to happen. Stuff your money can't do, the name of Jesus can do. That's the reason Paul revealed to the church that that the Lord would do what eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, neither have entered into the heart of man. What was he talking about? A miracle. How come my life changed? How, how in the world did, did I get from being addicted to, I was addicted. Who else in there, you, you know you were addicted. I ain't going to tell you no lie. I was to the point where I had to have certain things every day. I would steal if necessary to get certain things every day. That, I believe that's addiction. You? I came out of that through the name of Jesus. Look, look at me. I'm a miracle. How many, how many, you know you're a miracle. Put your hand up. Look around you. It's miracles all over this place. God did a work on you that can only be deemed a miracle. Some of you, you had professionals tell you you wouldn't be able to do such and such. And the reason, and what they were telling you, they weren't being just mean. At least some of them, they they were being truthful based upon their study or their evidence. But see, what they didn't understand, that, that the name Jesus supersedes the wisdom of man. The name of Jesus supersedes scientific evidence. And what do you call that? A miracle. And and when when you have some of your family members look at you to this day, they know you are a miracle. They know you are a miracle. They say that God shall change you. I never thought you would let that go. But look at you. You are a miracle. But the only way it happened 
It's because of the name of Jesus. I tell you, what happened to you, Walker? Name of Jesus. Jesus saved me. Jesus saved me. And, and then for, for preachers to, to pray in public, but not end the prayer in the name of Jesus, that's disrespectful. Not ask for God to do certain things in the name of Jesus, and, and that's the one that saved them. That's disrespectful. If God turned you into a miracle, but you're not to talk to him every day, that's disrespectful. John 20. Y'all stay with me. I'm almost done. Y'all staying with me? All right. Let, well, let's roll. John 20. St. John 20. And we're going to consider just a couple of verses. For this new Bible, don't want me to turn these pages. Y'all pray for me. Okay, John 20 and 30. And truly, Jesus did other signs in the presence of hell's Disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is, help me, the Christ, the anointed one. See, it, it took an anointing to save us. It took an anointing to cause us to prosper. So, some of us, we, we came through a generation of people or family that had generations of poverty. Yeah, yeah. Generations of folk being on welfare. Nothing wrong with being on getting getting assistance if you need it. You understand what I'm saying? But if that's but if God has something that He wants you to have, you should never limit yourself to Man's a sister. Let God have his way. Some of us came from other generational curses. Or family curses. And you are the first one in your family. To come out. And the only reason that happened. Is the name. Of Jesus. Some of us in here. That, that you are the first one in your family. To ever own a house. Why? Because of the name Jesus. Some of you, you are the first one in your family to be debt free or the first one in your family to do this, that, and the other. And you know all of that is because of the name of Jesus. What Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. Y'all all right? Let's read this one more time. And truly, Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in the book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his what? See, if you don't believe in the name of Jesus, you're not going to get life that he came to give you. See, I believe he'll give me a miracle. I believe when man says no and Jesus says yes, Jesus is going to win. I don't believe nobody has the final say but 
Jesus. I believe Hebrews 13 and 8, Jesus Christ is saying, yesterday, today, and forever. Can we go a little bit further? Let's go to Acts 4. Acts 4. We'll start at verse 10. This is what Peter, being filled with the Holy Spirit, said to uh, religious folk. Let it be known to you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God has raised from the dead, by him, this man's, Stands here before you. Help me. Jesus makes you whole. The name of Jesus can make you whole. See, and and sometimes when when you're looking for God to give you, to make your body whole, you stand on that. Jesus can make me whole. He can make me whole. See, the man that Peter was talking about in the text was laying at the church of the gate waiting to get some help. But Peter offered Jesus to the person. And look at what happened. Made him whole. Gave him health. Gave him Completely cured him. And see, sometimes God would do it instantly, or sometimes he will allow a process to take place. That's up to him. But the thing, what we have to do is, uh, the Lord going to make me whole. He going to make me whole. And see, you got to understand something. But before you get... A full manifestation, you got to start walking in your wholeness. The moment you decree that he going to make you whole. The moment you decree it, you, you have to start thinking it, talking it, and acting like it. Am I right? Peter said, it's because of the name of Jesus, not me, that this man is whole. Because Peter knew that he had been anointed. Peter went from, from a liar. Someone that denied Jesus. Someone that, that always uh, put his foot in his mouth. As, we, as the old saying go. You know Peter was quick to say something. But look at what happened when God really anointed him. He believed in the name of Jesus to the point to where he decreed wholeness over folk in the name of Jesus. And that's what happened. Yeah. See, if you know God wants you to be this, that, and the other, you have to start decreeing it. And walking there in. Somebody ought to shout hallelujah. Now look at what else he says here. Still in Acts 4, verse 11. Peter goes on to tell him, This is a stone which was rejected by you builders, which has become the chief cornerstone. Then this is what I want you to get. Nor is there salvation 
any in any other. For there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Buddha can't save. Muhammad can't save. You know some other names? Put them on the table. There's only one name that has been given whereby we can be saved. And that name means Savior. Jesus. Emmanuel. God wealth us. Lord have mercy. Let's go to Philippians 2. I'm closing with this. You don't have it by now, you ain't going to get it, are you? This is very clear. Philippians 2, we'll start at verse 9. This is what Paul said to the church. Philippians 2 and 9. Therefore, God also has highly exalted him, or Jesus, and given him the name which is above every name. Has given him the name or authority greater than any other name or authority. See, that, see, that's the reason he can't control the king. Remember what, what Solomon revealed? The heart of the king is in the palm of the Lord's hand. And like the rivers of water, he can turn it any which way he desires. See, you have to understand this, that that, that name Jesus is above any other authority. Oh, we know, you, we know your little supervisor got authority. And he, and he tried to threaten you with, with his, his authority. But if you're doing right, all you got to do is put the name of Jesus on him. Why? Let me read it again so y'all won't think I'm in walk. Look at this right here. Paul says again, Philippians 2 and 9, Therefore God has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every what? Name. Above every what? That means no matter who tries to buck their authority against you. If you're right, all you got to do is put the name of Jesus on. That's all you got to do. Put the name of Jesus on. I have told for her, look, you don't need to touch. God's anointed with your mouth now. As I'm just telling you. Oh, so you, you like that? I look, I'm just telling you. I ain't here to fight you because I know I can't beat you. <laughs> Y'all didn't get that, did you? But anyway, look, you don't want to touch God's anointing. I said, because if you touch me and I tell God, you're in trouble. Matter of fact, I ain't even got to tell him because he all see it. If he see you touching me, if he see you putting your mouth on me,
Your doctor does not have the final say. But you have to believe in the name of Jesus. Your boss does not have the final say. Your company does not have the final say. The bank does not have the final say. And I can go on and on and on. Jesus has the final say. That's the reason he, he is deemed the author and finisher of what? Your faith. Your faith. Let's go on. Verse 10 of Philippians 2. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of those in heaven and of those on earth and of those under the earth. And where he, he got complete authority. He has a final say no matter what. No matter what. He has the final say. They going to fire me. Not if Jesus don't let them. But now if you get the tripping and you get the trusting in them more than Jesus, that's, those folks are your God. And what's going to happen to you is what your God that you believe in have spoken. That's when you got to put Jesus first. You got to put God's word first because Jesus equates the word written and revealed. Right? John 1 and 1, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. John 1 and 14, and the word became flesh. And we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten son, Jesus. And we go further, John 14 and 6, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Right? And then he told his disciples in, in John 14 as well, uh, he that has seen me has seen the Father. Letting them know I am God. I'm God in flesh. And, that, and of course, that's what we get what I said earlier. Emmanuel, God with us. How many understand? I ain't losing nobody. All right. Okay. Uh, verse 11. Of Philippians 2. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is what? To the glory of God the Father. He's Lord. He's master. He's ruler. He's in charge of everything. And I'm done. Let's get a Lord a hand of praise. Thank you for listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. Please stop by our website for more information on our church at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Until next time, remember, Jesus came that you might have life and have it more abundantly.